Good evening. The presenting sponsor of 30 and Nerdy Podcast is Advertising Expressions. Advertising Expressions exists to promote your business, school, church, or even your podcast, just like they do for the quite fine show, 30 and Nerdy. They promote such organizations by getting their name in front of as many as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. So whether you advertise on your rear window, or wear a shirt so that strangers on a train know where you work, be sure that advertising expressions can help you. After all, I confess that their service is absolutely murder. Contact them today and tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you to see what deals are in store. and nerdettes welcome to the 30 and nerdy podcast welcome back to the show thank you for tuning in week in and week out my name is tyler mack i am your host and today the first of many exciting episodes to come we are gearing up towards the second birthday of of 30 and Nerdy Podcast, and I'm going to be doing some special things here and there to celebrate, bringing on some new voices, some special guests to talk about special things that are near and dear to my heart. Uh, you will never know who will pop up on the episodes of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. And today's guest, I have been looking forward to having this person on the show for quite some time now. It was well over a year ago, early in the pandemic, that I got myself a TikTok, and I pretty early on came across this person on TikTok, and she was doing supernatural clips and audios and dubbing, and I just, I I lived for her content. She was fantastic, and you could tell that she was a fan. And as a fellow Supernatural fan, she was one of the first people I followed on TikTok. And I finally get to have her on the show. And we're going to talk about Supernatural. All that and more on the 30 and Nerdy podcast. This is the end of the road.
DJ Mike Howie, take us to the show. It's time to nerd up or shut up. Let's get dangerous. Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Badcast Company Productions. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and part of the Council of Nerds. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Reach out using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. You can also find us and other amazing podcasts at podchaser.com by searching The Apocalypse and Pod Nation. Got something to say? Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com or check out the website at 30andNerdyPodcast.com. Now, sit back, crank it to 11, the nerds are here. Alright nerds, welcome to the show. Last time on 30 and Nerdy Podcast, I went into a little bit of a tie raid about WB being the problem with DC today, and I still strongly believe that i have yet to receive any disagreements so i am going to go with the fact that you agree uh until i hear otherwise so it was it was me venting a lot and i'm sorry if i drudged on and on but at the same time i'm not going to apologize for the way i feel I do believe that Warner Brothers is kind of standing in front of the greatness that can be DC in the cinema universe. Um, Some things have also uh, come to light since that episode, and we will tackle that in the nerdly news. As I said earlier, I am joined in this episode by someone I have been looking forward to. Uh, She is a phenomenal TikTok content creator and a brilliant mind in the nerd culture. And I'm very excited to get to that. But before we get to that, let's get to uh, a a little bit of the business first. If you are wanting to follow 30 and Nerdy Podcast, here's how you do so. We are on Twitter at 30 and Nerdy Pod. Constantly staying up to date on Twitter. You can follow along using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod with everything that we converse about and tweet out. Uh, Also, while you're at it, uh, you can um, follow along with many of the conversations. Uh, Also, on our Instagram, 30andNerdyPodcast. We're also on Facebook at 30andNerdyPodcast. We're on TikTok at 30andNerdyPod. We're on YouTube 
at 30 and nerdy podcast and if you ever forget where we're at just go to 30 and nerdy podcast.com and you can find all of our social media and where to find us there while you're there while you're at the website take the time to subscribe to our nerd newsletter it comes out regularly uh we'll send out either a nerd newsletter or maybe an update of things to come or things that are going on with the show or from sponsors of the show. And uh, it's a good way to stay in touch with us and stay up to date with all things going on 30 and nerdy. And also while you're there, check out the Council of Nerds. Now that is myself, that is Ken M. from the ODPH, Rich from the Three Fat Nerds podcast. We've got Dre Driven, at Dre Driven, uh, 83 on Twitter, and... We've got the East Coast Avengers, Villains on Demand, Cheers to Comics podcast. I mean, we have a hell of a council, people. And sometimes we come together, and it is great conversation. We will convene the council again at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and it's going to be a great conversation. I love getting together with uh, those groups of people and just talking nerd uh, and, and all things nerd culture. So you can find those uh, and, and click on their pictures on, under the Council of Nerd. You can find them individually, and you can click on their pictures, and it will take you to the best way to keep up with them as well, whether it be their podcast or their social media presence. I am uh, excited of a lot of things to come up. Uh, you can also uh, email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com if you've got something to shout about, good or bad, if you have an agreement, disagreement, or would just like to communicate with the podcast. It's 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. We love hearing from you nerds and love staying in contact. That's not all. Uh, if you want to support the show monetarily, we are on Patreon. Patreon slash Badcast Company. Now that's Badcast Company Productions uh, Patreon page. It helps support 30 and Nerdy Podcast and all the exclusive Patreon content you're going to get just by becoming any tier of a patron. There's multiple tiers and multiple uh, rewards for each tier. So check that out, Patreon at Badcast Company. And you can even check out BadcastCompany.com to stay up to date with the brand of Badcast Company Productions. And that's not all last, but certainly not least, our boy at Rev underscore collection on Instagram. That's R-E-V underscore C-O-L-L-3-C-T-I-O-N. Follow that Instagram page, especially if you're into collectibles and pops and things like that. He is constantly updating with tons of great content for collectors and Pokemon cards and pops and figures and stuff like that. So definitely you will not regret that subscribe follow him on instagram rev underscore c o l l 3 c t i o n so with the business being done let's get on to the fun your nerdcabulary word of this episode is the samsel in distress moment. Now this phrase was made popular on 30 and Nerdy Podcast's spin-off show, The Road So Far. Logan and myself took to calling any moment that Dean had to save Sam, which is a numerous amount of times in the 15 seasons that it had, the Samsel in distress moment. So anytime you hear that, or anytime you're watching Supernatural, and that happens, 
think of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Use this when discussing Supernatural with your friends. The Samsel in Distress moment. Now, let's get to a little bit of random conversation that I want to discuss. And it's mainly about the upcoming two-year anniversary, the second birthday of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. First off, I want to thank you all. We are a few weeks away from the two-year two birthday of this show, and I cannot believe uh, what has happened with this show. I mean, with over 6,000 downloads, over 1,200 followers on Twitter, um, the subscriptions, the, the, the constant outpour of support from not just other podcasts, but listeners from, from uh, all over the country to all over the globe, uh, England and Germany and Scotland and Pakistan, thank you all so much from the bottom of this nerdy little heart. Uh, I, I never would have imagined that what started as uh, two friends in a basement with very little, uh, <laughs> very little skill in this in this aspect of life, from editing to to what software to get to to what kind of mics to get. Uh, you know, it's come so far, and so many things have happened along the way, good and bad. Um, but the show has has went on, and and the outpour of support has just been just been mind-boggling and i can't wait to see where 30 and nerdy podcast goes uh from here may 1st is going to be here before you know it and in celebrating you know if there if there is uh any anything you would like to say any any of your favorite episodes favorite moments of the show uh, we'd love to hear that. You know, Badcast Company Productions has has grown from just this podcast to to many other aspects of media, uh, especially on Patreon. And I, I I can't tell you how how beside myself I am with with the the numbers that that constantly come in. And I think I'm just a I'm just this this thirty year old thirty one year old almost thirty two year old nerd from Morristown, Tennessee, and the the friends that I have made in in the the podcast world, Ken M at ODPH, uh, Rich three from Three Fat Nerds, JT from East Coast Avengers, and all the other Council of Nerds, and and all the podcast groups that we've become a part of throughout this time, and and the constant conversation, like it's it's opened me up to to find friends. Uh, from around the the country, and it's re it's really just this has been a fun, awesome thing, and I can't wait to see what grows after our second birthday, where we go. Um, things are constantly changing at the show, um, because I am a firm believer that if things don't evolve, they they die, and which is part of the reason that you know a, a lot of the things that i want to do leading up to the 2 year and after uh, different voices to come on the show special guests uh returns of people uh crossover episodes uh certain topics that i want to discuss i want that to just continue to grow 30 and 30 podcast and i can't wait to see where that comes from 
and where it takes us as a show and as Bad Cast Company Productions. There's so much in the works and so much more I want to do with uh, with this this aspect of Bad Cast with 30 and Nerdy and with Bad Cast Company Productions in general. Uh, Josh and Logan have been fantastic partners to work with. And, uh, you know, this started with with Juice and me in the basement of his man cave, basically, his his fortress of nerditude. And it has, has become this, this thing that I never thought that it would become. And a lot of that is because of you all, uh, the people listening week in. I mean, it's all because of you all, not just a lot. Every bit of it is because of you. And without... You all listening to my voice right now, there is no 30 and 30 podcast. You know, I it would just be me, and I am one person, and I alone cannot make something successful. It is friends. It is family. It is the podcastitarians out there that listen and that help support and share our tweets and subscribe and listen and you know what if you did this or that worked but that didn't work you know it's it's a growing momentum that you have to have and sometimes you have to step away from it as as an individual and see what this thing has become and and I am beyond thankful to all of you who who listen who interact, who share a kind word, who, you know, even if it's, you know, randomly one time Ken M just said, dude, this was good and, and you're killing it. You know, even little things like that, like, brother, you have no idea how much that meant. Um, Rich joining in and then telling wrestling stories and interacting on Twitter and, and just mentioning us and their shows and doing crossover episodes i mean i'm very thankful for those guys and i am thankful for what what juice helped me create and thankful for what logan has joined in and the voices that have come on the show uh i'm beyond thankful and and without you all 30 and 30 podcast is is nothing i'm very thankful for zach at advertising expressions for all the amazing things he has done uh, for shirts and hats and talking about the show to people, getting people to listen as well. You know, he is a champion of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. That's Zach at Advertising Expression. Season 3's presenting sponsor, Advertising Expressions. Um, all of you, thank you. Maddie, my dearest girlfriend, for all the support that she does for listening, for talking, for learning to love the things that I, I love and, and tuning in to my family, to even just wearing a shirt or a hat. Uh, the support is, is so helpful and it's just, it brings a smile to my face to know that this is something you all even care about listening to. I am very thankful. No matter what walk of life you come from, no matter what your nerd beliefs are, your political beliefs, your age, your your race, I don't give a crap. I am so thankful for you all for tuning in to the 30 and 30 podcast. Uh, you know, with the second year of this show coming up and 
the the celebrating two years you know you think it's just two years but that's a lot has happened in two years and this this isn't what I intended to do I just intended to thank you all but now I'm I'm rambling about how happy you all make me and I'm sorry to ramble but I just if I don't say it I'll I'll explode um thank you thank you so much I can't wait to see what more comes with you all uh joining in on 30 and 30 podcast and with you all and I can't wait to see where this this creature that is the 30 and 30 podcast goes thank you all so much uh from the bottom of this nerdy little heart but enough of the sappy stuff let's get on to the nerdly news this is the nerdly news this is the nerdly news this is the nerdly news All right, first off, before we get started, I want to thank my dear friend, Beth Ann Noble, that is Josh's sister-in-law for the new Nerdly News jingle. That is all her. Extremely talented. Thank you so much, Beth Ann, for assisting with the 30 and Nerdy podcast. So the first thing I want to talk about is some more Ray Fisher talk. The Hollywood Reporter just released a a, a big uh, story on Ray, um, basically talking about over the past year, the actor has assailed uh, the filmmaker and studio in harsh but cryptic tweets uh, for what he says was racist and inappropriate conduct. One quote being, I'm not so indebted to Hollywood that I haven't been willing to put myself out there. Ever since June of 2020, when he fired off the tweets accusing Joss Whedon of gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable conduct on the set of Justice League, the now 33-year-old actor has used social media in a series of interviews to lob serious allegations of racist behavior in a cover-up at Warner Brothers Studio. Now, I personally feel this needs to be talked about. A lot of people would say, I'm a Warner Brothers guy, I'm a DC guy, but any asset of, aspect of media that this crap is going on needs to be discussed. I don't care if I'm a fan of their content. If they are being gross and racist and misogynistic and covering up artistic uh, beliefs and artistic uh, you know, aspects of our media, then that needs to be discussed and that needs to be put to a stop. So, Fisher, obviously, we all know, plays Cyborg in the film Justice League. The issue is no longer so much what happened on the set in 2017. After director Zack Snyder was replaced by Josh Whedon, though, he's ready to explain that too. His unrelenting focus in recent months has been the way executives, first at the Warner Film Studio, then at its parent Warner Media, handled allegations raised by himself and others. Now, Warner Media has previously said that remedial action was taken as a result of its investigation, but has not elaborated since. A spokesperson has told, told THR that the privacy and for legal reasons 
Our policy is to not publicly disclose the findings or the results of said investigation. Catherine Forrest, a former federal judge who conducted the Warner Media probe, told The Hollywood Reporter in a statement that in interviews with more than 80 witnesses, she found no credible support for claims of racial animus or racial insensitivity. A Warner Media spokesperson notes that the company made extraordinary effort to accommodate Mr. Fisher's concerns about the investigation and to ensure its fullness and fairness, and has complete confidence in the investigation process. Fisher was raised by a single mother and his grandmother in Lonside, New Jersey, a community that he notes was the first self-governing black municipality north of the Mason-Dixon line. He says he felt a new sense of urgency to speak out when the pandemic hit and the Black Lives Matter protesters took to the streets. To Fisher, who had few screen credits, playing the half-man, half-machine cyborg, the first black superhero in DC film universe, by the way, was both a huge career break and a major responsibility. Now, we know that Justice League was released in 2017, the year before Marvel broke ground with Black Panther. He was very mindful that the film was overseen almost entirely by white executives and filmmakers. While Fisher has dropped details and named names, outsiders have struggled to understand how did Whedon incur his anger. Did Fisher really decline to participate in an investigation that was launched in response to his own complaints, as Warners claimed in September? Was Fisher fighting a righteous battle or a quixotic one when he set out on a path that appears to have cost him a place in the DC film universe. Now, in many on hours of conversation, Fisher has told his side. Much of his previous reluctance to spell out the story, he says, arose because he didn't and still doesn't want to expose the identities of others who shared their stories with him. I'm not looking to have any witnesses lose their jobs, he says. Those include some who wouldn't seem to have any worries about job security, Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa. Others who were not involved with Justice League also spoke to Fisher, and in some cases the investigators about experiences with Whedon and with Jeff Johns, who was co-chairman of DC Films and a producer on the movie. They include Charisma Carpenter, who recently wrote on social media of Whedon's alleged abusiveness on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and individuals who had worked with Johns on Krypton. Fisher got Warners to start an investigation more than two years after the first version of the film was released, but soon found that the process was very suspicious. The studio and its parent company seemed to be focused on protecting top executives, he says. The process moved in starts and stops, and when he felt forced to ramp up his public protest, the studio responded with what Fisher calls a deliberate smear campaign. Warners maintains it has done everything necessary to address Fisher's concern, yet still has not apologized. Now, I'm not going to read the entirety of it. If you want to look it up, go to thehollywoodreporter.com, or you can, of course, if you're on Twitter, Follow the hashtag we stand with Ray Fisher and the report is all over social media. So that just goes to show that this battle is not done. And along with that 
comes more of the battle for restoring the Snyderverse. This hashtag is all over social media. And if you if you have, have a Twitter and you haven't seen hashtag restore the Snyderverse, then you're just not on it that much during the day because this thing is taking social media by storm. In as little as the past few days, we have also learned that Gal Gadot was also threatened by Joss Whedon on set, that he's the writer, and if she didn't say the lines and do what he has written, he can make her career very uncomfortable. We've even learned that Ben Affleck initially tried to stage a walkout with the leads, stating that we are seven, not six. There is no Justice League without Zack Snyder. Now, it happened to Noah Vale, and he pretty much kind of put aside his differences to finish Whedon's script. But every single star of that movie have stood behind Ray Fisher. That's not just coincidental. There's a reason. It'll be definitely interesting to figure out and find out where we go from here with more reports coming out, it seems like every other day. So definitely tune into 30 and 30 Podcast. We're going to get to more of those reports as they come out. Continuing on, we have learned through rumor and a source of Assassin's Creed Insider that the next Assassin's Creed will take place during the Third Crusade and is expected in 2022. It'll be really exciting. Um, I love the Assassin's Creed games. I have not been as enveloped in them since the Desmond storyline ended. I have yet to play Valhalla, but I have heard some good and bad things about it. Uh, But it'll definitely be interesting to see where the Assassin's Creed franchise moves on from here. In the recent... Uh, trailer of James Gunn's Suicide Squad, we learn that King Shark is being voiced by someone different than the actor portraying him. He's being voiced by Gunn's friend and former Guardians uh, co-star, if you will, Sylvester Stallone. I find that very interesting because we just found that out. That has been under wraps until the trailer dropped. And, And King Shark has some show-stealing moments just in this trailer and his line about raising his hand hand is 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 beautiful it's hilarious it's a great moment just in the trailer alone so it's definitely going to be interesting to to hear stallone doing voice work and playing this specific type of character i definitely am excited for james gunn's suicide squad uh coming out uh extremely soon in august Uh, on theaters and HBO Max, same day. A little bit of HBO Max news following Godzilla vs. Kong. HBO Max's biggest 2021 releases are as follows. April 16th, Mortal Kombat drops in theaters and in HBO Max, same day. Space Jam A New Legacy, July 16th. The Suicide Squad, August 6th. Dune, on October 1st, and The Matrix 4 on December 22nd. Definitely going to be a great year of HBO Max content, so if you do not have that, 
that service and you don't want to go to the movie theaters, that is going to be the place where you find those amazing titles. I'm very excited to see some of those. It'll definitely be interesting to see Matrix 4. Not a whole lot coming out about that, uh, but it'll definitely be intriguing to see where they go with Neo. That is the end of your nerdly news. We will get back to more 30 and Nerdy podcast after a brief break and a word from our sponsors. Tennessee Legend Distillery was founded in 2015 and has quickly become one of the top distilleries for natural extracts and ingredients in its spirits. With no high fructose corn syrup, artificial sweeteners, or harmful ingredients, Tennessee Legend Distillery has four locations in the state of Tennessee without Newport, Sevierville, Cookville, and Nashville distilleries. You see, at Tennessee Legend Distillery, we have spent more time focused on the quality of our spirits than the number of our stores. We have a great selection of non-flavored spirits as well, like vodka, bourbon, whiskey, and gin. Tennessee Legend Distillery has multiple awards and medals for state, national, and international spirit contests, and even carries 2019's Best Tasting Whiskey in the state of Tennessee with our Salted Caramel 60 Proof Whiskey. We offer discounts for veterans, active military, nurses, police officers, firefighters, first responders, and even multiple bottle discounts. Don't live in Tennessee? We ship to select states. Go to GACraftSpirits.com to see if we deliver to you. That's G-A-C-R-A-F-T-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. If you stop by the Sevierville location, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you and be a legend with Tennessee Legend Distillery by receiving a free shot glass and 15% off of your order. What are you waiting for? Cheers to you. Hey, this is Ken M, host of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. And right now you are locked and loaded to the sweet tea of the nerdy South, the Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack, and the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. <laughs> What's up, nerds and nerdettes? Welcome back to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am joined by my all-time favorite TikToker and quite possibly even my own girlfriend's TikTok crush, Crowder. Uh, <laughs> AKA at Winter Arrow. Claire, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's it's 75 degrees out today. We've got we've got a nice day out. I've been running around with the top down, so it's very nice. Very, How's very the nice. weather over there? It is. Let me just check. It oh my god, it's actually snowing. It's snowing? Yeah. Wow. That that is bizarre. That's very bizarre. It's snowing. There you go. It's snowing. <laughs> That's interesting. So, a little bit about you. Where are you from? That it would be snowing. 
where am I from? England. Yes. <laughs> I'm from uh I'm from a place called Norfolk, which mm. is like on the coast. Okay. So yeah, I don't actually know why it's snowing, <laughs> if I'm honest. So you have uh in the little bit of times that we've uh, communicated before leading up to this that you've talked about the store and the space that you have been uh mm. on with your husband tell us a little bit about that what is it you two do it started off with um renovating furniture uh just sort of getting old pieces of furniture and doing them up and making them all pretty again and that sort of thing and then it sort of grew into other stuff like uh, making furniture like you know you reclaimed uh, shelves and stuff like that and it, it was it all sort of came about like because we're quite eco-friendly so we wanted it to be a business where we're not creating more crap essentially <laughs> we're just trying to restore stuff and you know keep things keep the forest up essentially nice. um and yeah, and we just sort of do, we do the furniture side of things and then like home fragrances and we sell like cast iron stuff and just loads of random things, really. It's nice because we we work from an old church, mm-hmm. which, which sort of fits in with what we do. It's a, an abandoned church and we're just working in it and just making things awesome, really. Cool. It's it, it's sort of like a really difficult business to explain, but hopefully, hopefully, I've done it well. <laughs> well, so one thing I definitely want to talk about: you were sitting at one hundred and twenty-two point six thousand followers on TikTok. What's yeah. that like? It it it's nuts. It I I still can't believe that it's got that way. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, I just don't know how to explain how that feels. It's, it's, I mean, I started TikTok probably this time last year Mm. and we were in our first lockdown and I had nothing to do. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a look on TikTok, Uh, went on there and then that was sort of around about the time that we decided to rewatch Supernatural. Mm-hmm. my husband had never seen it before so um started re-watching that and then found supernatural audios on tiktok and just sort of went full blast with that and it just sort of exploded a little bit which is bizarre really mm-hmm. bizarre just crazy so <laughs> were you on vine before tiktok no i wasn't i knew of vine but i'm not really like a huge social media app type person I mean obviously I have like Facebook Instagram Twitter and all of that but other stuff I'm just like I'm a grandma about <laughs> so I yeah but TikTok was just sort of like the one that grabbed me because people would share it on Facebook and Instagram and you're like what the hell is this <laughs> and then it's, yeah you just, you just went on it and found out that it's quite addictive very addictive it's very addictive oh it was about we had just decided that I was coming home from Atlanta to Tennessee where we were all going to kind of hunker down together. And I was packing up 
my stuff to come back home and was just bored. And I, I, so this was probably around close to March of last year uh, that I decided to, to get one. And I, I am not as um, active as a lot of people are. Like uh, for instance, like someone on TikTok said that if you want to have all these followers, you have to maintain it. And, you know, cheers to you for maintaining it the way you do. Um, Cause there'll be days that go by and I go, you know what? I should probably post one. And like the other day I got, I hit like 420 followers and I was like, it's been a good week. Like <laughs> I'm up to 420 baby. Like <laughs> I'm going places. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. but some of the stuff that you have done, I include somewhat of cosplay. Um, and so what's, what has been some of your, your favorite cosplay characters to do uh, you've got some Daphne uh, yeah some Rowena some Charlie yeah what's been your favorite um probably Charlie and, and not because she's just such a great character but it's just she's so easy to do mm. um with Rowena the the eye makeup and doing all of that and I don't know how these cosplayers do it like these full-time cosplayers I don't know how to do it, but um, yeah, it's it, it was fun. It was fun to do, but it was also something that I I was I couldn't put everything into because it was it just takes so long oh, yeah. to do it. And it was there's I mean there's one guy that I know of. He does so many cosplays and he's really good at it, but he just gets so many people going. Can you do this one? Can you do this one? Can you do this one? And then it sort of gets to the point where it's not fun anymore. Like when when I did do Rowena, people were like, oh, can you do Charlie again? Can you do Charlie? And it's just like, okay. So mm. it, it is fun, but there's, you know, that side of things where people demand stuff from you and then you just sort of like, oh, I don't want to do it. You sort of turn into like a child. I don't want to do it because you want me to do it. And yeah. stuff like that. So, but yeah, it, 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 it was fun. It was fun to do. I, I probably won't step back into it um, just for time issues, but yeah. it was fun to do. It was an experience. And the thing is, is because I did it when I didn't have anything to do. Yeah. So, Maybe stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a, a life, so to speak now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, some things have to take a, a step yeah. back that was one of the things and I mean and obviously the the characters that I did were supernatural and because mm -hmm. I'm not so immersed in that anymore it just seems a bit weird to then suddenly be like hey I'm Rowena again you mm -hmm. know but yeah it was fun but I think that's sort of something that's passed a bit I think oh I understand I understand <laughs> um yeah. So your original name was uh, Wayward Redhead Angel, correct? Yes. And Angel. obviously that played heavily on Supernatural. Uh, yes. Why the change and what made you decide Winter Arrow? Well, I, I stopped being Wayward Redhead Angel um, because I was going to stop doing Supernatural stuff. Um, and I didn't sort of want to be a one account thing. 
I didn't want it to just be that I did all supernatural like I was before. Um, and then, and I dyed my hair as well. So I dyed my hair blonde, so I couldn't exactly be Redhead Angel either. Um, so then Winter Arrow came about because uh, I'm a winter baby um, and I'm a Sagittarius. So just put those two together and then you had Winter Arrow and sort of it, it works. I think anyway. It does. And it almost has a, a very mythological spin on things. It sounds very Greek, very uh, yeah. fantasy driven. And it's just, it's really, it's a cool spin on how you came across it. That's yeah. Really cool. Yeah. But since the switch to Winter Arrow, you began storied series on Loki, uh, storied uh-huh. series on Bucky and Steve individually. Is yeah. it safe to say that you were enjoying the MCU? Yes, <laughs> very, very much. I mean, it was, I've always liked the MCU. I mean, I, I will always say I'm not a Marvel comic fan because I've never done the comics mm. ever. Um, but I, yeah, I'm a huge MCU fan, um, which my problem is, is that I can't just like something normally. I have to obsess over it, which is just incredible. I don't know if that's, maybe I have an obsessive personality. I don't know. But I, yeah, I just can't like things a normal amount. I mean, there's so many times my husband's like, can you just chill on it a bit? And I'm like, no, I wish I could, but I can't. But yeah. And the thing is, is, as well with all the series and everything coming out, it just, you know, it, draw, it just draws you in. It does. Like, I love it. Well, it's, it's also just so like with WandaVision and what they're doing with Falcon and Winter Soldier and coming up with Hawkeye and Loki and we're getting Miss Miss Marvel. It's just so much easier to to focus on than a big whomping movie in the theaters. Yeah. Because you know, you're, you're in the comfort of your own home, first of all, getting to experience this. So it's easier. Yeah. It's more fun. It's It's more laid back to get access to this. So the fact that the MCU is, is really leaning into this whole Disney plus thing. It's, it's awesome. And it's, it's so smart. So smart what they're doing as, as nerds watching our favorite content, we love to speculate. The speculation in WandaVision was, was through the roof. Everyone had a theory. Everyone was like, it was Mephisto or Nightmare or, or Reed Richards is going to come in. And so that's the one I thought. I thought I'd Reed Richards and I was so excited. I was like, oh yeah, finally we're going to have it. No, that didn't happen. So. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some of your speculations? We're, we're now at the halfway point of Winter Soldier and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any speculations? You got any, any, this is what I think is going to happen. Um, well, I think it's sort of, like I said, because I haven't read the comics, but you get a lot of people who sort of tell me things that have happened in the comics. I just assume that at some point, John Walker's going to get his ass kicked. <laughs> Whether it be by Bucky or Sam, I don't know. Either way, it needs to happen. Yes. Um, I know that we're supposed to hate this character, mm. but I didn't actually think that I'd, I would hate him as much as I do. It's yeah. the smugness of his face. And I know that's not his fault, but... Yeah, when he point. said, word of advice, stay out of my way, I was yeah. like, who in God's name do you think you're talking to? Yeah, <laughs> who the hell exactly. do you think you are? You've been here for five seconds, big guy. 
yeah. these will rip you a new one yeah I mean the thing is it's like I funnily enough I actually said yesterday um to my husband was the fact that all Bucky would need to do is just Punch and him. that's it he's awesome. gone yeah exactly so yeah it, it's difficult because I made a video about it on TikTok just when I discovered who the actor was and then it was I then just got bombarded with so many comments going you're supposed to hate him and it's like yeah I know this but I just didn't realize that I would hate him as much and I think it's just because I'll forever be salty about Steve Rogers Oh, absolutely I, I tried to to not speculate as much in this one as i didn't in one division my head was just in space just like this could happen or this could happen or this could happen or heck even batman might show up like just something <laughs> you never know just drastically insane um <laughs> but with this one i'm just like you know what i think sam will get the shield and U.S. agent will be beaten up and he'll do something bad that they have to save. And it's basically us versus the government. And there's a lot of racial tension, which I think is is brilliantly used. Mm. Uh, if that's weird to say, especially after last year and previous years um, across the globe. Um, I just think that it I think this will end setting up. I don't want to say a Captain America four with Sam as the new cap. Yeah. Kind of this almost like his own new movie franchise. Yeah. Even if it is winter soldier and Falcon movies together, I think we'll get two or three new movies out of it. And they're very, very much like this or because this, this show has a Falcon and a Captain America two vibe to it. Mm. It feels very similar yeah that movie alone uh but it regardless i'm, I'm interested to see where they go very mm. interesting. they very very cool but shall we get into why we are here oh yes yes we should i i even have my my supernatural glass today i see that yeah just uh i thought you know as we're speaking supernatural get the glass out absolutely mm. So 14,715 minutes, 327 episodes, 15 Mm -hmm. seasons, 151 award nominations with 45 awards won in a 15-year period, not to mention individual awards won by the many performers that have won awards on Supernatural. The longest-running CW show and the only one that made it out of the original WBTV era. Of course, I'm talking about Supernatural. When did you know you were in love with this show? Within five minutes. Um, It was September 2005. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was 18. Mm -hmm. That's how nuts it was. Um, I was with my uh, neighbor and it was about nine o'clock in the evening. And I was like, well, I don't really want to go home yet. And so we just channel hopping. And then it was we flicked onto the channel and then it was like a brand new show starting we're like okay you know let's give it give it a go and then as soon as I heard those words dad's on a hunting trip and he hasn't been home in a few days boom that's it I was in I was like yeah yeah I mean and obviously because Jensen Ackles is just so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's all I can say about yeah yeah I agree 
So what was, uh, what was 2005 Claire like? Um, lonely. No, I, and, I, and I don't mean to be all like, oh, feel sorry for me. But no, lonely. I lived by myself. My only friend was my neighbour and my cat. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, it was, it, was, it was very lonely, but I was okay with that. Yeah. I, I certainly wasn't how I am now. That's yeah. for sure. I was very quiet, very, very quiet. And now I just don't shut up. Then you found Supernatural. Exactly. I think that's what it was. I, I found I found a show that was just fun. Sort of stole their personalities a little bit, maybe. I was about to ask, did you find yourself, as different characters were introduced, adapting that a little more? Like, absorb, like I'm going to be more like Dean. Like, you started, like, using, like, son of a bitch a lot. Yeah. Because of yeah. Dean, then when Cass comes in, and then when Charlie comes in, like, did you start kind of metastasizing what they were and like becoming the Claire you are now? Yeah, I think don't it, it's, it's the thing is, is the great thing about that show is the fact that because they have so many characters in it, you sort of see yourself in different people. Mm-hmm. And that that's certainly what I did. Probably not so much Charlie. I mean, I know I sort of took on this whole Charlie thing on TikTok and everything like that, but it was, I think, the character that I saw myself in the most was Dean. Mm. It was not the, you know, the sleeping around and stuff like that, obviously. But just, like, his humour and his love of food and just the fact that even though he was an adult, he's very much a child. Oh, when he catches, like, in episodes when he hears little pop culture things and he's like, he like jumps on it or quotes a movie or he's like my man Jack and the shining or yeah um, and and one of my favorites was in the seven deadly sins one where he's like what's in the box yeah what's in the box because I love that movie anyway and I always used to say that whenever I watched it so yeah yeah. And I love when he when he does that that pop culture reference he'll always look at Sam with these big eyes and Sam's just looking at him like "Mm." what the hell are you talking about a joke didn't land with me. And he's just like, okay, moving on. Yeah, he's like, he's so very confident, but he's also very awkward. Oh, yeah. Which is, which is, I think, a, a great character. Mm. Definitely. Especially yeah. knowing that these two came from one, a soap opera, and one, Gilmore Girls. Like, yeah, like, see, the I actually knew of Jared Padalecki before I knew of Jensen Ackles because my mum used to watch Gilmore Girls. So I knew of him and I, I hadn't watched anything that Jensen was in. Um, I hadn't either. I hadn't yeah. either. But I did know who Dean was from Gilmore Girls, ironically, yeah. who then go on to play Sam. Um, yeah, so that's been really, really confusing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, like I, when I, I started watching it more and more around my house whenever I was home um my my sister would be like that Dean like actually no that's Sam Sam who was Dean in Gilmore Girls is now playing Sam but his brother Dean is Jensen Ackles who was in a soap opera so to answer your question no that's Sam she's like no that's Dean I was like okay in one show yeah <laughs> dean yeah. but in what i'm watching he's sam 
And yeah. Okay. And I was like, it's Jared Padalecki. Let's just, it's Jared, <laughs> Jared Padalecki. Okay. Yeah, it's moose. It's just moose. <laughs> <laughs> it's moose. So what is your favorite season? Four. Season four. And oh, I think... Introduction of one of my awesome yeah. characters. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I mean, as much as I love one to three, because it is just this whole journey that the brothers go on, I think it did sort of get to a point where they needed to bring in somebody else. Um, and the fact that that somebody else was Castiel, that's just straight from that first time that you see him, you're like, you know what? One of the greatest entrances in the history of the show. Oh, God, definitely. Yeah, it's, yeah, he was, yeah, watching him walk through and then the, the light bulbs and everything. And the thing is, is what makes me laugh is that as the seasons went on and you got to know Cass, it was such a... I like to call it Sastiel. It was such like a sassy moment. You're like, do you know what? He didn't have to do that, but he, he did that did. for a reason. <laughs> he had to be theatrical. He had to be dramatic. <laughs> and but that, I love that. That's why he's a great character. One of my favorite moments is when he's talking about, like, I'm going to become a hunter, like you guys. Uh, when Dean walks up, Castiel's reading the paper, and he goes, What's the word, Cass? And he goes, it's a short, it's abbreviated <laughs> in my name. <laughs> that's what makes him the greatest character. It was like, Dane's just like, that's not, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the newspaper. Um, I have to agree. Season four is probably my all-time favorite. Um, Cassio quickly became my favorite character until the introduction of Crowley. Mm-hmm. Crowley yeah, yeah, yeah. became my favorite character and still to the day probably one of the deaths that I, I probably got the most emotional about because I was like I think this is this is it yeah. I, I think Crowley's done for this this one it just mm-hmm. just don't see yeah. story wise coming back from this and yeah. then hearing that Shepard had left the show and I was like oh god why do I get invested? Why do I fall in love with these characters? Every single time. <laughs> and that started so early on because you fall in love with Papa Winchester. Mm. With Jeffrey Dean. And like he's, you know, looking at the stint of things like as a 15 season arc, like he's gone like that, like in a blink of an eye compared to yeah. the whole 15 season show. And knowing that, that he went to Gray's. Like I then watched Gray's and saw him, and I was like, "You left for this? Like, yeah. you were a better Daddy Winchester than you were Denny Duquette." Um, yeah. What were you, so you talked? You initially said the first three seasons, and the way I like to explain it to people who are wanting to get started in it, or who are like, "What's this supernatural thing about that you're that you're so obsessed with?" I'm like, well, the first three seasons are like mini horror movies. Yeah. And it's about these two brothers who initially come back together after a two-year hiatus to help each other find their dad. Oh. And some crazy stuff goes down. And they're they're chasing all these, and the, especially in the first season, especially, 
they are chasing down all these myths and legends, kind of, that we've all heard about. Ghosts, vampires, wendigos, werewolves, even Bloody yeah. Mary herself. You know, yeah. like, I was like, these are mini horror movies, and you're going to fall in love with it, especially if you're a horror movie fan. Because mm-hmm. they're paying homage, in a way, as well, to, like, Jason with the, the Dark Lake. And yeah. Even Freddie with having to don't go to sleep because it's in your nightmares. And I was like, they're even in, in the little individual episodes paying homage to the horror legends and Crypt yeah. brilliant in that aspect. Um, so I don't want to spoil too individual. And we could be here for hours if we talk about every season individually for 15 yeah. hours. Um, <laughs> but the first portion of supernatural i always say is definitely one through three that's the Mm -hmm. first tier of supernatural and then we get what i like to say four through six and you can almost break it down in threes almost yeah there's like one through three four five and six seven eight and nine are kind of similar then we get to 10 11 12 and then of course 13 14 and 15 Uh and out of all that, what is your least favorite season? Seven. Mm, everyone's. Yeah. What I is- mean, the thing is, is, I can't really pinpoint why. Like, there's not one specific thing that I disliked about it. It just didn't gel and flow the way that the other seasons had. I mean, season seven gave us Charlie, one of the most amazing characters. But I just sort of think that the Leviathan thing was just, I don't know. I, I just, I struggled it with it. And like I know a lot of people scarier. did as well. They could have been so much scarier. Yeah. They like, just looked too fake. Oh, yeah. And they opened their mouths like that. Mm-hmm. And Dick Roman. Yeah. I mean, he, that, that name was given just so that they could say, inappropriate yeah. things yeah that, that's pretty much what it was we, so we got dick on dick exactly <laughs> did they just wanted they just wanted something like that so then they can just make those jokes but get away with it yeah, yeah. they weren't being rude they were just saying his name <laughs> maybe not be called richard i don't know <laughs> exactly. so the hate for season seven mostly that i've seen is is two or three things and not just the Leviathan looked fake and terrible because they've done much better creatures and much better effects before. Why, why all of a sudden this is so cheesy? The fear of the Leviathan. I think that it, I think that it could have been very apocalyptic war zone style. Yeah. Um, I think that it could have been, they, they kind of hinted towards it. Like, we've got to hide baby. We've got to change yeah. identities. We can't use the same hotels. We can't use the same names that we normally do because they're everywhere. They're, they're, in our, they're work for credit card companies. They work for, you know, they could be anywhere. And that initially gives you this war. Yeah. Secret, like cloak and dagger. And they didn't follow through with that. Yeah. It just, yeah. it took away, like, it started out so like, oh my God, they could be anybody. Yeah. And they could be in government or teaching kids or anything like that. But it just, when it came time to pay off with giving us the last 
half the season and all that. And plus, it just came and went. There'd be so many, there'd be like two or three episodes in a row where we didn't even hear about Leviathan. Yeah. And it's the big bad. Yeah. It, yeah, they, they built it up so much and you just sort of expected like this big showdown and, you know, something, they were going to create something to throw a spanner in the works. But yeah, it just kind of went, mm. which was a shame. They just, you know, it's, it's it's almost as if they just gave up with it. Like they're just like, oh, okay, well, yeah, you know, we've done this, but you know, let's just not do this now, and just and then ended it the way they ended it, and it was just yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> so we've asked about your favorite season, your least favorite season. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to say that Dean's your favorite? Yep. Yeah. Since day one. Since day one. Yeah. It's yeah. It's I think some of it is just because he he can be he's very relatable which sounds bad seeing as he's like he's essentially a murderer he, he's a hunter and stuff like that it's like oh you know what he's really relatable i i, I relate to that that that, that murderer but, um <laughs> no i think it's just because his humor and even though that the job that he had and, and the life he had the fact that he essentially gave up his childhood to do what he did and made sure sammy had a childhood and everything he he's sort of well adjusted in the way that only Dean could be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, he's definitely my favorite. Loads of different reasons why he's my favorite. But yeah, since day one. He also is ha, has a a hell of a a um arc in the aspect of he's played so many versions of himself mm-hmm. uh, from young Dean to to Dean Munn, Demon Dean, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to Michael Dean, to Old Dean, Old Dean, mm-hmm. um, and even in between little moments of, of single man tear Dean, you know, angry, happy, laughing, singing. I mean, yeah. Jensen has done it so well and they've given and of course Sam's had his his moments too but I feel like if you go back and watch Dean in the in the pilot to now he has yeah. a much bigger array of character change oh gosh yeah than Definitely. than Sam does and really any other character that's lasted a long yeah. enough time yeah um who is your least favorite character? Uh, it's got to be Mama Winchester. It, Mary, I just... I, but I think some of that is because I think the writers did her dirty. Mm-hmm. I think there was no need to... There was no need to bring her back, but I understand why they brought her back. But they just completely destroyed her to the point where every time she was on screen, it was like, oh, really? You know, it, it, she's, she was a difficult one because you liked her because it's like, oh, it's the boy's mom, but no. <laughs> then she does crap like leaves him and yeah. hurts Dean's feelings and disappears and then works with the British Men of Letters and yeah. hooks up with Catch. And... Yeah, I do, I do <laughs> not understand that. Well, like, I didn't get it. That was the first time, like, she started to get annoying to me, but 
when she started hooking up with Catch, I was like, this isn't the Mary that was devoted to John. Exactly. Like this, the Mary that we knew and the Mary that originally was written for us hmm. would never in a million years. And like you said, the writers did her dirty. They turned her into an unfavorable character. And I was like, well, how would you yeah. purposely do that? Like, yeah, I think some of it was because they had like this strong theme of oh well what can we do that will upset the boys because mm-hmm. you know like, oh you know dean's probably being a bit too happy sam's being a bit too happy what can we do to make them unhappy <laughs> make their mother leave them <laughs> again again yeah let's have her sleep with the one guy that they would die if she slept with Let's exactly. have them. Then let's have them beat the shit out of her. <laughs> they, they, you're, I mean, I, I completely agree. Like when Mary first came back, I was like, this is intriguing. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see how long she stays. This yeah. is intriguing. I, I like that aspect of the darkness. I'm going to give you a gift and bring her yeah. back. Um, it showed the power of Amara, first of all. Oh, yeah. And. Definitely it showed that like, okay, this is a new dynamic. Now we get Hunter Mary, like Mary's back from the dead. The last time she was alive, she was being burned alive by yellow eyes, who I would have to say is probably still to this day, one of my top favorite villains, uh, mainly because of that actor, that Mm. vessel. Uh, Yellow eyes was just fantastic. And I really liked Alistair as well, mainly because his, his final vessel, Alistair's final vessel. Oh yeah. The boy. Who, who was very, very like the Godfather and just very... <laughs> That's a very good impression. <laughs> I, I always, to my buddy Logan, I always quote it all the time. I go, when I had you on my rack, Dean, the things that I had you do. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. He's such a good actor. Yeah, that character because he's also in Twilight as one of the (laughs) Valkyries. He barely speaks. (laughs) He's just got that face, hasn't he? Elongated, and you're like, bad guy. Like, you just look at him and, like, I wonder why I've never played a good guy in my entire career. You just got the look, man. Sorry. You look like that. Yeah. (laughs) You look like a villain. Like, it's the nicest way I can say it. Yeah. Who, aside from Castiel, because I feel like it'd be very unfair to put him in. Who's mm-hmm. been your favorite angel? Does Lucifer count? Absolutely. Then Lucifer. <laughs> it's got to be. I love Mark Pellegrino. Yeah. I mean, it's just that, again, they, they, they took a character that has been sort of portrayed so many times but they put a spin on it you know I mean he was he was like this obviously Lucifer is like this huge villain that everybody's scared of and then when you look at him and then he opens his mouth it's like why are we scared of you because it's that humor and the fact that he has daddy issues clearly yes and it it's just the you just sort of look at him and he's like he, he's just somebody that wants to be loved by his dad and he's using his humor and his 
want to destroy everything as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. How can you just, how can you not like someone like just that? Just to get his attention. He just wants dad's exactly. attention. Yeah. Just like he, ultimately, at, at the end of the day, all he wants is an apology. Exactly. Which is fair enough. So human. Like, yeah. that's so human. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, yeah, he's a great, he's a great character. And like Mark Pellegrino is just, he, he was the perfect, mm. perfect choice for him, definitely. Because I think it's probably his acting and his facial expressions that made you yes. like Lucifer as much as you did. I mean, I know there are a lot of people out there that don't like Lucifer, but they're wrong, obviously, because he's yes. a great character. Completely <laughs> They're obviously in the wrong here. Mm-hmm. Who has been your least favorite angel? Um, probably Zachariah. Mm. And I think that that's probably more the actor. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't really like the actor. Because he, he's one of those actors that has just been in lots of stuff. And kind of the same. Just irritates me. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. When he first popped up as Zachariah, I'm Castiel Superior. I was like, he was in Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. See, my like, first thought was he was in Wayne's World. <laughs> yes, yes, he was. Yeah. It's like I didn't like him then either. So. Yeah, he's um, got one of those faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, there's there's this tone every way he delivers lines, even yeah. if he's playing a good guy in something. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just, he's kind of like today, I would say, in Anchorman, there's Champ, uh, the character of Champ in Anchorman, where's the cowboy hat says, whammy. Right, yeah. That actor, don't like him, no matter what he's in. And yeah. it's, it's, it's the way he talks, it's his delivery of lines, it's the character he plays in every single thing he's in. Yeah. He's also one of those that I don't like. Yeah. Yeah, don't really have much depth to them. Like, this is mm. just how I'm going to act it, and then that's that. Because I would initially say that, like, my least favorite's Uriel, but at least Uriel had, he was a strong actor. And yeah. he gave good performances and had some a pretty good arc in the small time that we had him, because that was a twist. I did not see Uriel being the one killing the angels. I didn't mm. see that coming. Um, no. So I thought that was definitely interesting. Yeah. So... Who is your favorite demon aside from Crowley? Meg. Original or? No, the, the second one. The, second the, one. The, ori- the original Meg annoyed me. Yes. Um, maybe that was the point. I don't know. Because, you know, when they then brought in Rachel Minor as Meg again, she became, again, relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that's one of the things that the show did so well is that they had a villain who then became friends essentially with the Winchesters and then that changed how they were in true supernatural fashion obviously once you get close to the Winchesters that means you're getting yeah. getting gone but um, yeah. no I Meg Meg definitely especially the whole Meg and Cass thing that was oh love that learn that <laughs> from the pizza man <laughs> exactly what a line <laughs> And I, I, that was another death that I was like, really? Yeah. You didn't have to kill her. Well, she, she was a woman. Obviously, they had to. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone in deep with that one. Yeah. I would love to hear that because I actually have the same problem with it. And have you seen the, the snippet 
from a Comic-Con. It was post Charlie's death. Right. And a fan was talking to Edlin and he was on the panel with them all. And it was Misha, Jared, Jensen, and Mark. And then there was a uh, Carver and Edlin and somebody else. Robert, maybe not uh, Bob. It might've been Bob, but uh, this one, this girl gets up and she goes, I have a question. He goes, go ahead, sweetheart. Who's it for? And she said, it's actually for you. And he goes, Oh, and she goes with you pushing such strong female characters. And with us living in an age where we are searching for woman empowerment and you even have men starting to back this movement of women empowerment, why kill off someone like Charlie? And the, the four guys, Mark, uh, Misha, Jared, and Jensen, just kind of turned their chairs around and just kind of looked at the wall and turned yeah. their back on him, just kind of like, this is all you, big guy. Yeah. <laughs> he just, uh, uh, well, 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 um, uh, he just stuttered through an answer. Yeah. Completely. I mean, the thing is, with, with Charlie, it was, there was no need for it. And I think it was, again, like I mentioned earlier, it was a way to hurt the Winchesters. It was just like, okay, well, we can't really do anything else with her, so let's just use her as cannon fodder, essentially, mm -hmm. which which was annoying. Um, but then, obviously, they bring her back. So yeah, even though it's not not it's the not Charlie, our Charlie, not that Charlie, yeah. But I think that was that was a way of appeasing the fans, maybe like, oh, well, we can't really bring that Charlie back, but here's another Charlie. So. Well, and, and but I would also counter argue to them like, okay, you can bring that Charlie back because you've brought that version of Dean and Sam back. So that mm -hmm. Charlie could easily come back. God could snap his fingers and that Charlie is yeah. back or Lucifer could do it as a reward or, you know, something. I was like, yeah, that yeah. Charlie easily could come back. Like, oh, yeah this alternate Charlie just, it, it just wasn't the same. I mean, it was Felicia day doing a, a, a spin on Charlie and it, uh, kudos to her for, for being able to play. She's played multiple types of Charlie as well. She even yeah. in dark Charlie in an episode yeah, that she did really well with. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, is with, with Charlie is that you couldn't help but love her mm -hmm. because she, I mean, first of all, she was essentially like a female version of Dean yeah and that that you know she was she was proud of who she was you know and she was confident with who she was and that's probably one of the reasons why I liked her was that she wasn't your your typical perfect woman that you normally see in some tv shows she was just a an ordinary nerdy geeky girl and that that's what that's what we want Especially early like Supernatural had those yeah. femme fatale characters, mm -hmm. uh, even if they were just one-off episodes yeah. like Sarah in Providence. Yeah. Brunette, attractive, well-built. But I think Felicia Day is absolutely beautiful and gorgeous yeah. and my type of girl. Mm. I'm, I, I'm, I lean more towards that Yeah, as loving to see them on TV, whereas the initial type of girl we saw in the early seasons of Supernatural, I was like, ugh, final yeah. girls. 
Like that's what they're called, final girls in the horror movie genre. I'm like, ugh, they annoy me. Like I'm tired of this. This trope needs to go away. It's yeah. such a weak trope. Creative. Mm. Give me yeah. a Charlie any day. Give me a Jody any day. Yeah. Or uh, one of Donna. yes, one of my girlfriend's favorite characters became Donna. Anytime she'd yeah. see that license plate or she'd hear about Donna, she'd just be like, ooh, do we get to see her? <laughs> yeah. But the, one, one thing that I loved about Donna was, especially obviously because I'm English, was the accent. Oh, yeah. It, it was just some of the things that she said. It was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Such a good character. And, like, I think with what I liked, about Charlie and Jodie and Donna was the fact that they were in the Winchesters' lives, but they weren't love interests. Yes. They could have these women in their lives and they just saw them for who they were, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just, and, and obviously Roro as well. You know, she was my, my queen Roro. She, uh, a character that was a strong, strong woman who again was in the Winchesters' lives and not, a love interest because mm-hmm. with the thing is this with supernatural i i also feel this way about the mcu you don't need love interests no you that's don't. not why we're watching it we're watching it for the story we're watching it for the action we don't need all this lovey-dovey stuff if you want that go and watch like the notebook or something yes okay? there's a reason why we watch this show and there's a reason why we watch these movies and it's not for smoochy smoochies so which brings me to another point. One of my least favorite characters was Amelia. Oh. Because it was, oh, let's give Sam a girlfriend. Yeah. I was like, we- oh, no, we don't need that. It's as if they sort of thought that's the only way that Sam could be happy without Dean. Was that if he had a girlfriend and he had a dog and all of that. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, that's, that's not your audience. <laughs> we we no. don't want to see Sam settle down with a woman. We want him to get off his ass and go and find Dean. That's all. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like when Meg, when he's describing like what happened with Me- to Meg, and she's like, "So, you hit a dog, and you yeah. got a girlfriend." I was like, "That's the fans saying that. That's dr- that's us going." So there was a time where we had S- Sam hit a dog and move in with a girl mm-hmm. because she saved the dog and he took the dog and there was a whole, that was a thing. And I was yeah. like, but of course also, so were Leviathans. And yeah, I was like, <laughs> so, I mean, every show, no matter it's, it's success and how much you fall in love with it, it's going to have its bad times. And oh, Amelia well. was one of those bad moments in my yeah. opinion. And, and it was just like, you wrote in a girl to be the girlfriend of Sam Winchester. Like if you were to introduce a girl character like Charlie, like mm-hmm. I hadn't even met Charlie yet. Yes, we had. We had met Charlie. This was eight. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The next girl we see is a girlfriend and a vet, and yeah. part of this life that Sam tried to have instead of finding Dean. Yeah. Because it's kind of like Dean was also speaking for the fans when he said, "You know, we had that rule. We made that. We made that agreement." And he said. And we've always broken that agreement. Uh-huh. We've always went after each other still. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that was the whole, 
that was the whole point of the show was the fact that they were brothers and they were just not going to let each other go. Mm-hmm. Even if that may have been a little bit unhealthy, that was just the way it was always going to be. So yeah. girlfriends and things like that. No, you're all right. <laughs> so at the end of the day, what is the show to you if you're describing it to somebody? It's it's about family. I mean, you know, the the quote that, you know, sticks with it if you're a massive fan is family don't end with blood. And it's it's about making your own choices, making, you know, finding these people and bringing them into your life and just doing whatever you can to protect the people that you love you know whether it's sacrificing yourself or sacrificing something it's it is about that family side of things which is definitely what I struggled with um when the final few episodes of season 15 came out was the uh the backlash that it got because it didn't end the way people wanted it to end but if you if you paid attention to the show it was always going to end with Sam and Dean because that's Mm. how it started that was basically the entire you know story I mean there was I can't remember what season it was but it was a moment between Dean and Crowley where Dean just says where's Sam and Crowley's like don't worry about Sam he's like oh I'm sorry have you met me and I just sort of think that that sums up the entire show is that it that that's what it's about it's about Sam worrying about Dean Dean worrying about Sam and it's about family and you know it's that that's sort of what I took away from it is that you just make life's what you make it and just because you've had a bad upbringing doesn't mean that that has to um, decide how you're going to end up. So it, that's, it's a very deep, I feel very deeply about that. I completely <laughs> agree. I love to see, I love that. Um, and at the end of the day, if you look back early on, Dean even tells us how it's going to end. Yeah. He even says there's, this only ends one way. Yeah. I don't know when. But I know how. Mm-hmm. And that's his, the ending. And that's exactly the ending they gave us. And yeah. I, I, let's talk about the the fandom menace, as I call it, mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, yeah. What, you know, I kind of want to look at him and go, what did you want? Yeah. I, mean, I was satisfied. As a fan, mm-hmm. I was like, we, if, if you truly call yourself a Supernatural fan, part of the SPN family, Mm-hmm. knew pretty early on like this isn't a happy ending we're not getting a unicorns and sunshine and and everybody's going to be fine and this just one day all the evil is going to be gone yeah we knew we weren't getting that so I kind of want to look at him and go well, what did you want yeah I mean the, the thing is it's a very um controversial subject um but I going from the experience that I had when the show ended and even from that episode episode 18 you know with Cass and Dean 
it was from that moment onwards things turned people started arguing with each other and and it, it was just sort of like this show has been on for 15 years can we just mourn the fact that this show is coming to an end do we have to you know have a go at each other and because you didn't agree with what they agreed with and it's it it was very difficult to sort of process the fact that people weren't weren't happy with how it ended and then attacking others and attacking cast members and you know things like that because they weren't happy with how this show ended they they had it in their head how the show was going to end and how they wanted it to end mm. and when it didn't end that way it you know that, that I mean to, there are a few things that I was unhappy with with the final two episodes um but then you have to remember that they shot those episodes in the middle of a pandemic so things had to change you know, they they probably they probably did have stuff that they probably did have cats in it. You don't know, but well, even Jensen said that there was a different ending. But yeah. there is no study guide for a global pandemic. Things had to change. We still had to end the show when we ended it. Yeah, we just didn't have all the parts because yeah. nobody prepares you for the shit that we've went through in the past year. Exactly. So, you know, maybe one day we'll get the, the Snyder cut of Supernatural, yeah. <laughs> quote unquote. Um, but I, I, I couldn't agree with you more about like, I mean, I was satisfied. I mean, yeah, things could have been different, but with what happened, yeah. the fact that they were still able to finish and still give mm-hmm. somewhat of a satisfying ending, an ending yeah. that if you've paid attention in the past 15 years you knew was coming yeah um, yeah but that was the thing because they it was comments and just the way things were built up that you just knew that this show is going to end with sam and dean and it's going to end in a way that will be final yeah and and that's what they gave us i mean don't get me wrong i mean i bawled my eyes out i struggled so much with that specific scene with Dean um and yeah I was I was upset that that's how his story came to an end but again like you've said and so many people have said we knew what was going to happen and it happened and I still cannot watch it yet I know that a lot of people have started to rewatch it and they jumped straight back in after the episode but I mean when did it come out November November. Mm -hmm. yeah I, I can't even watch clips because it's like, I'm not over it yet. <laughs> well, and unlike me, you, you began day one. Mm. Like, unfortunately, I, I, when the show started, I was not really watching a lot of TV at the time in 2005. I was a, a junior. I was about to be a junior in high school and mm life for me was all go 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 doing theater stuff trying to balance sports and theater friends so I didn't really watch a lot of tv I did play a lot of halo but I didn't watch a lot of tv as a junior so it was a couple a few years before I even realized like there's a show out there about 
stuff that I'm thoroughly enjoy and mm. called supernatural. And um, so I, I, you were day one, you know, you just happened to, as death says, everything happens for a reason, Dean, and nothing happens for chance. You just mm. happened to on the night that it was premiering. Yeah. Flip over and there it was. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane that I honestly didn't think that the show would go on for as long as it did. Mm-hmm. I thought they're going to run out of ideas. The ratings aren't going to be there. It's going to fizzle off. But the fact that it, it managed to go on for as long as it did. I mean, like I said, at the start, I was 18 when it started. And I was 18 when I first watched it. And now I'm in my 30s. It's like, that's a big chunk of my life. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I know there are a lot of people out there, oh, it's just a TV show, it's just this. But, but you you find comfort in these things. And uh-huh. that was that was my comfort show. And, yeah, I think, I think that's sort of what I struggled with, with the backlash of it, is the fact that you had people that only started watching it like a year before. And they got so angry about it, mm-hmm. about how it ended. And it's like, just, you've been there a year. Just, just, just let it go. <laughs> the one thing that I would say to the, the haters and detractors about it, or anyone who would even say, it's just a television show, Tyler. There was a time, and I, and I tweeted this on the, on the night of the finale, I was watching it. I, t- I tweeted this and Eric Kripke ended up retweeting it and favoriting it. Oh, wow. And I uh, said, thank you. Thank you for giving me an escape for half my life. Thank you for saving my life. When things were oh. low, the boys were there. I've been changed for good because of Supernatural. There was a time in my life during a divorce where I didn't think things would ever be good again. But Every time I turned on Supernatural, whether it was to rewatch or or when the new season would come out, during that time of, of the divorce I went through and even after it, Supernatural was my escape. And mm-hmm. the characters became family. And yeah. so when, when Bobby dies, I felt like I lost oh, a mm-hmm. I felt like I, I knew... A, a, a dean in real life like i knew that like don't cry you know if it if it if it most you can do is have the same which jensen ackles is is to this day the king of the single tier yeah. i'll never be able to see anyone else do a single tier and not think jensen did it better the single yeah. man tier as i mean wasn't that a thing where it's like he i think it was like an interview or something he's like he wished that he never did that because as soon as he did that they were like can you do it again we've got an emotional scene can you just you know do the you know the one ankle tear (laughs) yeah um and and i just it's it's me and my buddy logan who we just finished season one of the road so far uh, a little spinoff show that we did um like i'll just like i'll go and watch bloopers constantly Yes. Super, supernatural bloopers. And we even have duoed and trioed sometimes on TikTok of said bloopers. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the one thing that also grasped me and made me stay was Jared and Jensen's relationship. Yeah. Like they became brothers. 
brothers there. And mm. that's, you're never going to see, you will never see Jensen have a relationship with someone after Supernatural the way he did J Jared. Oh, gosh, no. Um, Jared found his wife and the mother of his child. This children. Yeah, that shows how, but this is just more than a show. Mm. Definitely. And I also would adventure to tell anyone who, who's like, you know, I tried it and, you know, I got to about season three or I got to season four and, you know, that's just a long thing. That's a, a mountain to climb. And I'm yeah. like, I get it, but we do it every day with like, oh, I, during the pandemic, we showed my dad and caught him up to Grey's Anatomy. And that's 17 seasons now. Oh, gosh. I was yeah. like, I mean, people do that every day, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. I would just venture to say, like, if you just do it, yeah, you're going to find that it was much more too supernatural than just two brothers hunting monsters. Yeah, You're going to find a character you fall in love with. You're going mm -hmm. to find a story arc you fall in love with. You're going to have a, find a moment that still to this day makes me tear up. Uh, you're going to find something more than just a show put out by Warner Brothers. Definitely. I mean, like I said, it, it's, it saved my life. And I know that it saved countless of other lives out there. So people say it's just a TV show. I'm like, it's a TV show to you. Mm -hmm. You have, it might not speak to you the way it speaks to, but you know, seeing someone pitch a no, no hitter in a baseball game doesn't speak to me the way it speaks to like my older exactly. brother. So, yeah. we, yeah. we, that's, that's the beauty of like shows, movies and hob just hobbies in general. It's the fact that they're going to appeal to different people. Mm. Um, and supernatural is just one of those things that appeals to people mm -hmm. you know I mean it's I mean I started re-watching it like I say in lockdown and my husband had never seen it before and he's we have very different tastes very different tastes um, he doesn't really have the patience for some of the shit that I watch essentially um, but that I was very surprised that he got into that I mean to the point where it's like I was like oh should we watch something else and he's like hey, let's watch the next episode of Supernatural and th that's the beauty of that show is the fact that it doesn't necessarily appeal to just one specific group of people you know and the fact that he got onto it and he like I mean his favorite character is Crowley as well mm. so you know he he loves he loves Crowley um but it's, it's little things that I have this thing where I'll just randomly go, Sam, for no reason at all. And, and you know, it's, it, it's that. And also there's, I can't remember what episode it was, but it was at some point, Cass just goes, hello, just for like no random reason. And it's just little things like that. And little things that just stay with you and just get randomly yeah he goes hello, yeah. hello. <laughs> like and, and when he's yeah. when dean goes to hell and he does that Sam! Sam! yeah i mean that i i even do it when i watch lord of the rings oh and i see Sam. i'm just like Sam! <laughs> i mean every, everybody needs a sam that's what Absolutely. it is everybody needs a sam but yeah, it's, 
just one of those random things that I just say and it's just like I say for no no reason at all I'll just another one that I do is anytime uh heat of the moment comes on I'll go rise and shine Sammy yeah (laughs) yeah that is another thing as well is with the songs that is in this show like you can hear you can hear a song and then you suddenly like oh yeah it's from there mine one is um all out of love by you know i can't remember just lip syncing it after meeting is it air supply all out of love yeah Yeah. i that comes i listen to like a really old school radio station um and that comes on probably at least twice a day and I can't help but do it the way he does it, where it's like, doom, doom, doom. It just, I just can't help it. Every time I hear that song, it's just like, ding. Or anytime Eye of the Tiger comes on. Oh, yeah, with the, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing the, I'm doing the movements and I'm climbing. Yeah. If I'm in a car, I'll start to climb out my window. And <laughs> even if I'm in the middle of the interstate, you know. <laughs> and I just got to do it. The song's on. <laughs> people are like what the hell is this guy doing i the tiger come on <laughs> yeah and to yeah. to say that a show can ha- can give you those moments i mm. think just goes to show how well you know what what it's meant to an entire mm. fan base so what i want to to end on is do you pay attention to any of the post supernatural talk as in like a Castiel spinoff a a return on HBO Max in a few years like this isn't goodbye it's just goodbye for now yeah I haven't if I'm honest I when the show ended I took a step back from it all so I haven't really seen what what might be happening or anything like that I just as much as I love the show, I don't think that I I could watch any spin-offs because to me it's the story ended, it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I feel that spin-offs can ruin what the original was. Sort yeah. of thing. I mean, it's like well, for it example, to do that. Yeah. It tends to ruin the original. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, this isn't a spin off or a reboot or anything, but season eight of Game of Thrones. Oh, God. That, that to me ruined, ruined it a little bit. It ruined an entire legacy. Yeah. I mean, mean, there's a joke that, my husband and I have that if we if we're going to re-watch Game of Thrones which we we do at least once a year it's like oh it's a shame they only made six seasons <laughs> you know he he, beats, he 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 gets he saves his sister and he, he he wins that battle at the end of season six but I guess they just are fine with Cersei being the queen and, yeah you know, and they just live happily ever after yeah, and, and Daenerys back to the north. doesn't ever get to Westeros. Eh? Yeah, Daenerys <laughs> never gets to Westeros. She's just finally like, I'm going to do that with my kids. I'm going to be like, it only went six seasons. And I'll give you the epilogue once this episode's over with. So Daenerys yeah. decided to stay. And <laughs> they all made up in Westeros. And they were just yeah. like, 
we'll lead the north and you lead the south yeah. and Cersei was just like okay cool yeah. and cool. happily yeah. ever after everyone's just content well yeah. that i heard that there was a seven and an eight you did not no you didn't not in my house there's not, not, my house. There's <laughs> not seven and eight if you ever bring that shit in here <laughs> yeah i mean i mean take me wrong i mean one of my favorite um scenes is obviously spoils of war which is what mm-hmm. episode four of season seven Yes. That is an amazing episode. But those seasons don't exist mm. other than that episode. Mm-hmm. My buddy Logan always says if that didn't, if seven and eight didn't happen, if they concluded Game of Thrones successfully, it would be in talks with things like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It would be legendary for years and years to come. He was like, but because of seven and eight, yeah. They've tarnished. It, its legacy is going to be tarnished. And we're now, I think this is the 10-year anniversary of Game of cool. Thrones. Uh, month, I think, is the 10-year anniversary of Game of Thrones. And I was like, nobody's really celebrating it. No. You don't see a shit ton of stuff like, let's all do this. I'm like, because you pissed us off with seven and eight. Pretty much. Yeah. It's... It... <laughs> It is annoying because I remember when season six finished and it was like, oh, how is it going to play out? And then from the first episode of season seven, it just did not follow Mm. any like ideas or theories that I had. Yeah, I mean, the last thing we got was the Battle of the Bastards and it was an epic battle. Mm -hmm. Finalized a story with Ramsay. And I was like, oh, this is where I think we'll go. Yeah. And in season seven, they invented quick travel. Part of the whole storytelling one through six was while they were traveling places. Yeah. And seven and eight had quick travel. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, what what was it? Wasn't there a meme? Like Gendry was like the flash or something. Yeah. Cause like he got from where he was to, you know, it's just like, Oh, so annoying. Yeah. It became Skyrim. You just go to yeah. the map, click, travel. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a but shame they only made it. Some of the best exposition was given to us in the journey to wherever they were going. Like John and Peter Dinklage. Oh, Tyrion. Tyrion. John and Tyrion's journey to the Black Gate, to where John is. And he just, Tyrion just wants to see it. He just wants to piss off the end of the world, you know? Yeah. But their conversations just in the journey, I was like, this built their relationship to where then we, we, you know, the way he talks about John in the future, he's like, I like him. He's a, he's an honorable man. I like John Snow. Yeah. I was like, if they hadn't given us that, we'd have been like, well, how the hell do you know John Snow? You know? So I, and I don't think that that happened with Supernatural. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. Had they went out of their way to tarnish the legacy of Supernatural, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't have survived it, to be no. honest. Yeah. <laughs> we would yeah. have been outside Warner Brothers <laughs> picketing. Yes. Excuse you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, Supernatural isn't a big thing over here. Really? Which, yeah, which is nuts. I mean, it was the same as like um, Once Upon a Time. It's with shows here, they put on a show and if it doesn't get good ratings within like 
five episodes they're like oh we'll just won't do that we'll just drop it um so it can still go on here but not over there yeah wow pretty much um but then obviously like say once upon a time went on to netflix so then you could catch up on it on there but yeah supernatural wasn't a huge thing here um i didn't know anybody who watched it and it wasn't until i started doing the tiktoks that i realized that there were english fans Mm. Uh, i mean we have a mutual friend in emma who you know i met her through tiktok um so i was quite surprised to find that there are actually people in my country that actually knew of this show because when i used to talk about it i was like oh you know supernatural and people were like what I'm like it's a show it's it's a really cool show it's about you know two brothers and they fight demons and they do this like yeah no never heard of it it's like okay (laughs) yeah it was the same as charmed as well i mean i'm a massive fan of charmed and it it was that as well that people just didn't watch it over here wow it's like but they're really good shows you really need to watch them but the thing is is with england is that they people only tend to watch what's big in America. Like with Game of Thrones and things like that. I mean, even though Supernatural was big in America, it wasn't like, it wasn't one of those shows that was like Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. that, you know, everybody would watch. Like, and I guess as well, because social media just wasn't as big back then when it started. Mm. So it didn't really get spoken about a lot. I mean, I didn't join Facebook until what 2007 so you know it's Mm. social media definitely helps bigging up shows definitely because you get that platform where you can talk about it and I think maybe if social media was as big now like as big as it is now back then I don't think the show would have lasted for as long as it did just purely because of the fan base yeah they're very sort of critical but uh yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a very big thing here which is shocking because it's a really good show yes it is yeah. I mean even like when I was putting things on my Instagram when I was re-watching it and I was doing my TikToks my cousin was like what is this show about and it's like it's about supernatural like, what is, it? is it worth watching it's like looking up watch a trailer just watch the first episode trust me it's amazing I don't know maybe it's just an English thing it's like oh we don't do that here we we don't like that sort of thing we have our EastEnders and we have our Coronation Street and that's all we need Coronation Street yeah so I don't watch Coronation Street thankfully gotcha I just watched two things that took place over there one having the uh, the phenomenal david Tennant in it uh broadchurch oh yeah yeah brilliant brilliant show fantastic show i hate it only went three seasons but it was mm. a beautiful show and the crown just watched the crown. just finished the crown mm. it's not good i mean i know a lot of people are saying it's good but i, well, I haven't it's actually good, watched it but if even half of it's right mm. it changes your mentality about things yeah like philip sucks <laughs> yeah i mean um, i mean it's, it's a it's a, a well-known thing that prince philip is a racist yes and it's yeah 
it's 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 always been sort of like a, a running joke over here about it. Um, but yeah, he's now like he's he's just an old man. He's just an old man. Is he, how is he? I saw him a, a little snippet of him a few weeks ago, and I was like, "Who's keeping him alive?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean the fact that he he had like heart surgery a couple of weeks like, ago. Like, like a Halloween decoration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Lord knows. I mean, maybe he he made a deal with Crowley. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. It's eternal youth, in a way. Even though he looks like a member of The Walking Dead. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm very thankful that you came on to talk super. Yeah. I, I definitely want to have you back on again soon. And yeah. Yeah, even if it's not supernatural about maybe more MCU stuff, especially after Loki's done. I know that you'll oh. I know that yeah. you'll definitely want to come on and talk about that. Oh yeah, I will have a lot to say about that. I mean I already have a lot to say about it anyway, just from the trailers. But oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's uh that that's a topic that I'm I'm very very passionate on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So let the listeners know where they can find you on TikTok and your social medias. Um, well, my TikTok is just Winter Arrow. Um, Twitter, the Winter Arrow. I don't know my Instagram. I think it's Winter Arrow. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, it's probably that as well. Yeah, I mean, if if they like my ramblings, then then they can follow. If not, then that's fine. <laughs> I highly recommend the TikTok, especially for your Marvel content alone going on right now. I have enjoyed thoroughly the the new um, fan fiction series that we're getting from yeah. not just Loki but Steve and Bucky as well. Yeah, I mean that was that. That's because it's fun to do, and also it means that I don't have to be in front of the camera. Mm. I can just sit there, just editing away. I don't have to make an effort because <laughs> you know, with lockdown, you just can't be asked. Uh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Claire. And no, that's, thank you for having me. Of course, anytime, and I hope that you have a great evening. Thank you, and you enjoy your day. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, what is the time there? It is 2.20 here. 20 past seven here. Oh, then enjoy mm. your dinner. <laughs> I will. I most certainly will. And we will be back with more 30 and Nerdy when we return after a brief word from our sponsors. What's up, nerds and nerdettes? This is Tyler Mack from the 30 and Nerdy podcast, the flagship show of Badcast Company Productions. And I'm here to talk to you about our Patreon at Badcast Company Productions, there is something going on at all times. No matter if it's deleted scenes, blooper reels, exclusive shows, brand new shows for 2021 featuring different hosts. There is always something exciting going on at patreon.com slash badcastcompany. And if you support today... Even at just the $1 tier, you are going to get exclusive bonus content like cut scenes, deleted segments, funny bloopers, 
entire gag reels, exclusive Patreon shows like WandaVision Wednesday, Mandalorian Monday, and whatever we can think of at Badcast Company Productions. So tune in today, patreon.com slash badcastcompany, and help us change the game of podcasting forever. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions. Or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael, hi. Uh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Welcome back, nerds. I uh, absolutely enjoyed talking with Claire. Claire, again, thank you for coming onto the show. I can't wait to have you back. Uh, no matter what we talk about, I know that it's going to be fantastic, and you're so exciting to talk with. And I, I, I just, I, I cannot say enough how excited I was to finally get to have Claire on the show. I'd been wanting to talk to her about Supernatural for a long time now. Uh, especially after finding her on TikTok and getting to know her through uh, doing duets at, with her and trios with other SPN family members on TikTok, uh, like Emma and uh, other members of the SPN family. Uh, there's there's so many great TikTok content creators out there that you should definitely be following uh, for nerd culture content. Um, go check out, uh, Claire's TikTok at winter arrow, W I N T E R A R R O W. She has great stuff and tell, tell her you heard her on 30 and Nerdy podcast and that's why you're adding her. Uh, I think that that's what makes a lot of content creators Happy is is just to see support, whether it's a like of the video or just a follow. So definitely do that for Claire. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Next week, it's going to be all about WrestleMania. That's right. I am going to, this weekend, I'm going to both days be with Juice and we're going to watch WrestleMania both nights of the event. And then we're going to discuss it in the next episode. Very excited to see what Mania has for us this year. Uh, it's Again, it's another year of unknowns and another year of just a different time for wrestling fans. Um, it's not going to be a sold-out show. Uh, it's going to be even more different than last year. 
so it'll be interesting. It'll be intriguing to see what we get and what it's going to be like and if, you know, we enjoy it again or or we don't. Um, I'm interested to see some of the outcomes, some of the storylines, where they go. Uh, but we will definitely be talking about that on the next episode of 30 and 30 Podcast. Now, it will be a two-night event, so it is quite possible that it will be a two uh, a massive episode. So just get ready for that, nerds. If you are tuning in to watch WrestleMania, I also highly recommend that in the background or in your headphones you have playing the uh, twitch.tv slash 607. That is Ken M and Rich and the guys. They are going to be uh, watching it and, and commentating live along along with every everything and and I love tuning in when they are watching a wrestling event. I really do. Um so that is twitch uh dot tv slash six oh seven podcasts and that is both nights of WrestleMania and uh just tune into them as well. Have it going on your phone while you're watching uh, WrestleMania and and the commentary is fantastic. Rich was in the wrestling business for ten years, plus, and very knowledgeable. And Ken M is always great uh, when talking wrestling. So I highly advise you to watch that. I'm definitely going to be tuning in on both nights while watching WrestleMania to Twitch.tv/607podcast. So go over there, subscribe, like the channel, and follow along with all the content they do. Uh, they also do a live Twitch show, a wrestling Twitch show every week, week in and week out. Ken M and Rich do on uh, that Twitch channel, so I would definitely highly recommend that as well. Again, nerds, uh, this has been great. Don't forget follow all social media as outlets for Thirty and Nerdy Podcast, especially on Twitter at Thirty and Nerdy Pod. Follow along with the conversation using hashtag Thirty and Nerdy pod don't forget to become a patreon subscriber support the show monetarily if you want to do that we are very thankful even if it's the one dollar tier if that's all you can do a month is one dollar i am extremely thankful to the bottom of my heart if you're if that's all you can do i don't care what it is or how you support the show as long as you're supporting the show whether it's supporting the show monetarily sharing our tweets hitting that subscribe button, give, giving us the five-star rating and review. I don't care how you're supporting as long as you're supporting. I just love having your support. It's It's been a fantastic ride so far. Here's to another great episode. Again, Claire, thank you. And I can't wait to talk to you again. That's it for me, nerds. I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Cheers to you. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Badcast Company Productions. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and part of the Council of Nerds. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter.
Twitter and TikTok. Join in on the conversation using the hashtag 30andnerdypod. You can find us and other amazing podcasts at podchaser.com by searching The Apodalypse and Podnation. Got something to say? Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com or find us at 30andnerdypodcast.com. This has been the 30andnerdypodcast. Cheers to you, nerds. Nerds.